Welcome back, everyone, to Law School Life and Beyond's Leadership Series. My name is Katia, and I am the host of this podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Hannah Lank. Hannah is a third-year law student at U of T Law, alongside one of the co-creators of Law School Life and Beyond, Joey Galinsky. We're excited to have Hannah on because she's taken on quite a few really interesting and cool roles while within U of T Law School, and so I was really excited to have her on the show to have her speak to these experiences. Her role as a LexisNexis rep and chair of the Social Law Committee are both things she's going to discuss and more. So with that, thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Cool. So what made you decide to pursue a career in law? Well, I actually, when I started undergrad, I thought I was going to be a doctor. And I started my undergrad studying sciences at at U of T. Um, But I quickly realized that while I enjoyed studying science, I wasn't as passionate about it as all of my classmates. And at U of T, it's probably like this at other schools um, as well. But you really see like everyone wants to be a doctor. Everyone is driven to it. And if you want it, you really like you really got to want it. Um, And so I I thought to myself, well, what do I actually really enjoy doing? And and I was always planning to do a minor in um, in English and thought to myself, well, maybe I'll pivot and do a major in English and a minor in, in sciences. So that's what I did. And I realized that my passions were really in reading and writing and the reason I wanted to be a doctor was because I wanted to interact with people in a professional capacity. I wanted to have some kind of skill that I could use to, to help them. And certainly there's a lot of careers where you can do that, but I did want to be a professional. That was important to me. And so I thought, okay, well, well, it is, I guess. Um, it's also hard, yes. you know, with an English degree, you kind of are wondering like, what should I do? You can, the good thing about English is you can do almost anything, but that's also kind of the bad thing about English. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so really, that's why I decided I wanted to go to law school. Um, I wanted to, to learn how to like think critically, think like a lawyer, keep reading and writing. And I think, I think it was the right decision. Nice. So did you go to law school immediately after undergrad or did you take some time off to think about it? Or were you kind of set halfway through undergrad that you knew this is what you wanted? Yeah, I went right after undergrad. So I, wow, um, good for you. yeah, and I, you know, I have a lot of classmates. So I think, I think, you know, at U of T maybe, it's about 50-50 people who took some time off and people who went straight straight to law school. So there's mm-hmm. a number of ways you can get to where, where you want to go. And I thought about doing an English master's. Uh, it's not something I did, but I can always, you know, go back and do it at, at some point. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how has your law school experience been so far? Was it everything that you imagined it would be or what? <laughs> Yeah, it's I it's I think it's different than what I imagined it would be. Like I it's really good in so many ways and I I love being at U of T. I find it really challenging, stimulating. Um but but like first year especially was a bit of a learning curve. Um as as you probably know when you start law school like you realize the way that you have to think uh, as a as a law student and I guess eventually as a lawyer is kind of different from certainly for me anything I had ever learned in undergrad. Uh, the, the way we're taught to write in law school, which is this point first writing, uh, is not necessarily, I think, the most like eloquent form of writing. It's not the most like yeah. enjoyable. It's certainly not how I was taught to write as an English undergrad. Uh, mm. And so I thought that writing would just come naturally to me. But it was actually a bit of it was a bit of a challenge figuring out how to how to write like a lawyer. Um, that being said, I you know figured it out just like everyone does. And mm-hmm. and now I, I do really like law school. I've really enjoyed um, like the extracurricular and social activities too. Like I've had a lot of fun, which is really nice. Obviously the pandemic mm. like put a damper on that, but, yeah. but prior to that and now like it's, it's been fun. Just, um, I don't know, like I started a club, I started the family law club, which was really good. 
cool. Play like intramural basketball. So all of that has been really good. Okay. So that leads me to my next question. We spoke off the record about family law being the field that you're kind of focused on right now. Did you know that going into law school, that's what you wanted? Or is that something you found out while in law school that that was a big interest of yours? Yeah, definitely did not think family law was going to be for me prior to (laughs) law school. Um, You know, the way the family law is depicted in like movies and just, I think, general popular culture is like kind of slimy. And also, why would you want to deal with people who are fighting all the time about like petty things? Yeah. Uh, Like we were talking about, you know, like fighting over the Christmas (laughs) lights, like people really do that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I think like with a lot of things, when you get into it and start studying it and what it's actually about, you realize it's not necessarily how it was depicted in in popular culture. Family law is is about so much more than that. It it deals with like broader questions of of what it means to to be in a family, to to live in a family and how people arrange their lives, their personal lives, which can be, you know, some of the most meaningful connections for people. And and those relationships sometimes fall apart. And how do we as a society, you know, use the law to make sure that when those relationships do fall apart, they do so in a way that is safe and equitable and, and leaves both parties, you know, okay to continue the rest of their lives. And I think that's really interesting and, and really meaningful work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I've spoken to quite a few like family lawyers, and my last episode that just aired was uh, with Madam Justice Wong, and she presides over Family Law Matters, and she said she worked cool. in family law before she was appointed to the bench, and she was a very impressive lawyer in family law in the Windsor area beforehand. Mm-hmm. And she just said it's just such a meaningful and rewarding field of law because you are dealing with people at their worst and that has the potential to just really make a difference for them like you have the potential to really make a difference for them and she really found that rewarding especially child protection but that's not something you're interested in I I think I'm not sure yet like I haven't had a lot of experience in child protection but it it does seem a bit like it's quite intense I think and yes uh, um, but you never know it's something that I might find interesting uh, mm-hmm. down the road. So, but you know, yeah, when I started law school, like I thought I was going to be like a sports and entertainment lawyer. Uh, Whoa. yeah. And you, you know, you can always pivot, uh, you never know, but I, yeah. when you get into it, you realize like, oh, that's mostly about contracts. It's not as, you know, maybe exciting as, as you'd like to think. And so I think I'll save the sports and entertainment for like my, my own time and just enjoy it, yeah. uh, you know, without it being my career. Mm-hmm. And congratulations because you have your articling position. So that's awesome. You worked there last summer, you said. So now you're just going to kind of continue on from there. Thanks. Yeah, that, no, that, that's exactly right. So it was great getting a position for my 2L summer. It's at a, a family law and um, an estates firm in downtown Toronto, which is really great. So I got a bit of experience in, in both of those areas. Estates, you know, is very similar to family law in that you're really just dealing with people at two different stages of their lives. Like one is, is marriage and one is, is death. So the conflicts, mm. the, the issues they present in very similar ways. So um, okay. I found that interesting as well. I just have a question for our listeners. So if they wanted to go into family law, was this a position that you secured through OCIs or was this of your own or another posting board? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And that's one of the reasons like I started the family law club at U of T. I was first cool. of all like shocked that there was no family law club. Family law is a huge yeah. you know area of law, but but you know for whatever reason there wasn't. Um, but it can be really hard to learn about family law and to get a job in family law, uh, mm. participating in the recruit, which is really what is like, you know, shown to us as law students as the, as the way to get a job. If you want a, a job in family law through the recruit, uh, really your only option, at least in my year was, uh, Epstein Cole, which is the, you know, very large law firm in downtown Toronto. But there's a lot of other smaller law firms, uh, family law yeah. firms that, 
that are looking to hire summer students and articling students and they just don't participate in a recruit. So mm. I actually got my job um, through the, I did, I did the family law moot in 2L. Cool. And the firm I work at is one of the firms that uh, did a practice run with us. And they were really cool. great, really helpful. And so, you know, I, I did do the recruit. I didn't come out of the recruit with a job. And I, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? So I just had to reach out to like a lot of different firms and ask if mm. they were interested in hiring, or hiring a summer student. And it, it just so turned out that, you know, my firm, the firm that I worked at in 2L, we I had a really good experience with them during the moot. They, and they were, they were looking to hire a summer student. So it was perfect. Cool. Because yeah. I, it's my understanding, at least in the Windsor area, working with my dad as his legal assistant, a lot of family lawyers are sole practitioners. Is that consistent in Toronto? That's what it seems like for sure. Okay. And there are, there are firms, you know, but, but I think for family law, they're, they're definitely smaller firms. Like even Epstein Cole, which is a large family law firm, they might have like 20 to 30 lawyers max. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact okay. number, but I'd say most family law firms are like, 10 and under or sole practitioners, just like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. What was cool about what my, where my dad worked before now after the pandemic, he started working from home, which he loves a borderline hermit at this point. Um, <laughs> but what was cool, because um, in his office, it was a shared office space. So it was, I think, five or six family lawyers. And then it was they all had their own office, but then it was a big communal conference table in the middle. And so there were two new lawyer, new newer lawyers sorry, that came into the office. And it was cool because they had the mentorship of senior lawyers like my father and the other two female lawyers in the office. But they also were sole practitioners. So they were in their own lane. Um, I thought that that was kind of cool. And I'm try and say that to anyone that is thinking about becoming a sole practitioner right out of law school, that this is a piece of advice I would have is to find a shared office space. So you can go knock on these people's doors and ask if, if they're open to it. Right. Uh, but then you're also, um, you know, your own boss kind of thing. That, that sounds like such a great like format just because, right? you know, yeah. it, it's so hard. No, like knowing what to do as a young lawyer without the expertise yeah. of, of older lawyers. So that just sounds like the great, a great, format I think uh, I don't know how, mm. how how common it is to see that but yeah it's, it's cool that you have the firm though I'm excited for you in your next year that's going to be awesome yeah thanks so do you mind discussing um your role with Lexis absolutely so I am a LexisNexis student associate and for for those who don't know LexisNexis is one of the legal research platforms that we use as law students and, and also when you eventually become a lawyer uh, to find case law and, and other resources. So the, the two sort of main uh, legal research platforms are, are Lexis and Westlaw. And so both of them usually hire student associates at, at every law school across the country to basically just like promote uh, the platform and like also teach students how to use uh, the research platform. So I think it's a great job because I get to make some money during law school, which is really nice. Uh, and also like increase my own legal research skills by like I like that's what I'm supposed to do I'm supposed to know how to use LexisNexis so I can teach people how to how to use it or connect them to the resources that can teach them how to use it uh, mm. and like I said because the because Lexis has like student associates at every university across the the country like you also get to meet those people it's been virtual of course but like you get to kind of network with students across the country so I think that's awesome um and I guess, you know, I'll also take this opportunity as my, as a LexisNexis associate to, to highlight some of the cool things about Lexis. Um, there are a couple of things that I think are really unique. 
And one of those is that Lexus has star rewards, which basically like rewards you for just doing research that you have to do anyways for, for school. Um, and I love rewards programs. So for me, this is like a, this is definitely a, a great program. So I would encourage mm. everyone to, to sign up for it. And they also have these things called prepare to practice certifications, which are like free online courses that teach you, um, you know, for example, in litigation, they, they teach you how to handle a civil dispute, like from beginning to end, which I think is really, really useful because I don't know, like I wasn't taught, I'm not really taught that in law school. I think yeah, it's pretty common. So those things are really practical and uh, I would encourage people to check them out. Cool. And so my question is, and I didn't ask you to prepare for this, I'm sorry, but what made you decide to apply to Lexus and not Westlaw? If this is not something you want to talk about anymore, I'm also totally fine. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great question. I, I just um, actually had a mentor at the law school who was the LexisNexis associate for uh, at least two years. She was, she's a year ahead of me, so I, I'm not sure if she was also the associate in 1L, but hi, highly unlikely. Um, and she was graduating, and she said, you know, hey, is this something you'd be interested in? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't so much like I chose one over, over the other, but I, I think that's a great example, actually, of how, you know, mentorship uh, connections in law school can result in all kinds of opportunities for you. And, you know, I'm really grateful to, uh, to Vanessa for, for recommending me for the role. Cool. Cool. And my next question is, do you mind describing a little bit um, about your role with the Max Planck Institute and your research assistant position there? Yeah, for sure. So that was my, my research assistant position uh, at the Max Planck Institute was actually my, my job after 1L. So it was my summer job. Um, and I guess I'll just start this by saying like finding a job for the summer after 1L can be really, really challenging. Can I ask you one thing? Yeah. Would you find, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I've had this question come up a lot. Do you find that a lot of people get jobs in their 1L summer? Because in the dual JD program, it's very much put in your face that you should be doing an externship. Mm. And that in Detroit. And that's an opportunity that we have in Detroit. Okay. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, do other schools push their 1Ls to get jobs? Or is this just like a, a dual JD thing? I, I wasn't aware. I wasn't sure. So I know I'm, I'm happy that I have you here. Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, at U of T, certainly we are like, it, the emphasis definitely is on like, you should have a job uh, in your one all oh, summer. I think so. Okay. But th- that is maybe the message that is like, you know, pushed to some extent by the law school. But I will say there's a number of people who, who either don't have a job or if they do, it's not law related. And there's, you know, cool. absolutely no obligation as, as you know. Um, to actually have a law-related job in your 1L summer. Like, it's, I guess, nice if you do, but also it's kind of your last summer to do something not law-related, so... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, if that, like, floats your boat, then I think, I say go for it. Um, but I also, you know, it can be hard to kind of also, you know, go against the push to get a law-related job or or whatnot. So, um, okay, I will say, you know, like, yeah, no no problem. Um for, for me, like with, with finding a job for the one all summer, um, I had a number of things fall through before I got this opportunity. So I guess I'd just like to say, like, if you're a one L and you're worried about finding a job, like my advice is just to keep throwing things at the wall because eventually something will stick. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to make opportunities for yourself, but, and I had a number of friends do that. Um, but that's just as valid as like getting a job through the, you know, career posting board at your law school or whatever. So, because mm-hmm. I, I literally remember just stressing in my dual JD's first year summer, 
thinking, I don't think any other student, any other 1L in Canada is going through this. I think this is just a dual JD thing. But now, no, we're all going through it. We're all being told we need jobs, but yeah, whatever, okay. That's right. And, uh, you know, obviously there's also, like, pressures to make money, to pay for your law school tuition and all of those things for, for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. it can be hard to, to kind of avoid that. But, but yeah. Um, so for me, I did yeah. get this job. You know, I, I guess ironically, I got it through like the law school posting, the career posting board. Um, cool. But it happened late for me, like in March. Um, and I saw it. I thought it looked really interesting. It presented the opportunity to go to Germany, which is where the Max Planck Institute is. And cool. Yeah. And do research there with two U of T law professors who are also fellows at the Max Planck Institute. And their research is in like comparative constitutionalism. Uh, citizenship, like the constitutional status of cities. And I thought all oh, that sounded really, really cool. So I applied and uh, I you know, got the position, which was really great. Sadly, it was not in Germany because of the pandemic. So oh, that sucks. I know. So it was virtual, but that's okay. I'll just have to go to Germany another time. Um, yes. Whereabouts in Germany were you supposed to be? It was supposed to be in Göttingen. I, uh, I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> I know you'd think it would be like Munich or something, but no. Um, yeah. I had never heard of it before. I looked it up online and it looked like a very cute German town. Um, cute. Yeah. And I would have loved to have gone there, but mm-hmm. it was not meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, At least you got to save your money this time, right? So, Well, that's, that's right. And they were like, because we weren't going to Germany, they were actually able to pay like a bit more. Um, cool. Because like that was supposed to, the like, fee of going to Germany was going to be covered. So, okay. It, it all worked out, but obviously it would have been nice to like do some international study. Like it's something I haven't had the chance yeah. to do in law school because of the pandemic was like study abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of sad, but what can you do? Yeah. When you graduate, you can take a trip. Exactly. Yeah. You have those months mm-hmm. off, right? So you gotta mm-hmm. make, gotta make the most of them. Yeah. So then what kind of research like were you doing when you were there? So I was doing research mostly on questions of constitutionalism and citizenship the, the things I found the most interesting were questions of like whether cities should have constitutional status um or like oh. the, yeah which is really cool especially for large cities like Toronto uh, and especially considering what happened with you know Doug Ford cutting the size of, of Toronto City Council and just decisions mm. being made for 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 Toronto uh, without you know against the will kind of of Toronto um, and when you look at really large cities throughout the world sometimes they're they're bigger than provinces right so it doesn't make sense yeah. for these cities to be governed by sort of forces that don't really know what what's going on in the city and would it be better for the governance of the city to have to have a constitutional status and, and be able to to control things so it's something I had never oh. thought about before uh, yeah. and I thought it was really really cool that is really fascinating oh what a fun summer then yeah it was really great learned a lot and like definitely improved my legal research and writing skills, which is just like generally super helpful. Um, mm. And then made a couple of connections with some, with some professors as well for, for, which is great for down the road. If you need references or whatever, like that's all super helpful. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, my last, or no, sorry. I have two questions left. How was organizing orientation week? Joey told me that you were the head of that. It was so fun. Uh, so I was actually like, I was with two other um, U of T law students. So we were, there was three of us who were planning orientation week. And this is like, these kinds of things are like things I, I, I love to plan social events and like community building events. Um, it was 
harder to do this with the pandemic because we started planning in like May of 2021. Um, okay. So th- like obviously things were really uncertain there still, in Ontario at least. Um, but we focused on having outdoor events and also having some virtual events. So some of the things we planned were like an outdoor movie night, amazing race, like virtual trivia. I went to Canada's Wonderland. Um, we ended up being able to have like an outdoor mixer even at a, at an outdoor venue down near the cool. harbor, harbor front. Um, but it was just, it was so much fun. Like it's a lot of work, obviously, to, to plan all these events and make sure that they happen for the 220 incoming 1Ls at U of T Law. Um, yeah. But the community at U of T Law is is really important to me. And it was one of the things that at least for me coming in as a one like I was really pleasantly surprised by, I was nervous that it was going to be really intense, like really competitive. Cause you hear all kinds of things about law school, like rumors that Ooh. that's what it's like. Yeah. And I think maybe, especially at U of T, you hear that. Um, but that wasn't the case for me at all. When I, when I started in one I found people were so willing to help each other out and supportive of each other. And so having a role in like continuing that sense of community is, is really important to me. And I think that it starts from day one at orientation week. And, Mm. um, so I just found that really meaningful to be able to have, have a small role in uh, ensuring people have a, had a a really fun and safe time and got to know each other and make connections, but also that, that they know that this is a, this is a community where we're going to, we're going to support each other. We're not going to be mean or competitive, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was great. That's really cool. That is really cool. And you have a lot of options in Toronto with what you can do for orientation week. Like you said, Canada's Wonderland. That's awesome, you know? Yeah, I don't know what it's like at, at Windsor. Like, obviously, you, <laughs> you you have fun things wherever you go, but it, would, it is very nice to be able to go to Wonderland, I will admit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I will, Toronto will win that one. That's <laughs> for sure. We don't have an amusement park anywhere near here. But um, that's cool. That's nice. Yeah. And my last question is, do you have any advice for future and current law students? Yeah, I always find this question so hard because there's so many things you can say. And also I, I want people to, you know, sort of follow their gut and do what they think is right. But I guess for future law students, I would encourage them to just like speak to as many current law students as they can, ask lots of questions about what law school is like, you know, speak to lawyers, find out what practicing law is like, um, and maybe also like try to find people who have law degrees and are doing kind of different things like not practicing law, maybe working in finance or starting a company or working in a nonprofit, just so you can like, mm. get the full range of understanding of, of what this career is like, um, what you can do with a law degree, and whether it's for you. Mm. Um, I'd also say, like, I, I know for future law students, often the question is, like, how do I get into law school? Uh, and how do I get into the law school I want to get into? Um, yeah. What should I study? Like, those kinds of things. I would say, you know, you should study whatever you're most interested in because that's probably where you're going to get the best grades and you're going to enjoy it the most. And I don't, you know, from what I've seen, there isn't like a pre-law degree necessarily. You can go to law school. Like, yeah, you, you probably know this. Like, you can go to law school with any undergrad degree. I have an English degree, but yeah. I, have, I have classmates with science degrees, music degrees. Um, so it, it's all great. Um, so, so really, you should just study what, what you're most interested in in undergrad. And for current law students, like for the second part of your question, um, I think my best advice would just be to like do your best, but also make sure that you take care of yourself. Because like as important as law school is, like 
your mental health and your physical health are the most important things in the end. Law school is really, really tough. And I think law schools, you know, a lot of law schools don't focus enough on, on supporting mental health and making sure students are, are doing okay in that aspect. So we really, as students, like have to support each other and I think advocate for, for greater mental health resources um, and, and just make sure that, that that stays a priority for all of us um, throughout law school. Mm-hmm. I think that's excellent advice. And I think your point on studying whatever you're interested in undergrad is so important because what's really cool about the legal field is there's so many different options for jobs. Um, we had, uh, I'm actually on the executive board of this new club at Windsor. My colleague started, it's called law alternatives. So alternative legal careers. Oh, that's awesome. And we had, yeah. And we had a space consultant speak the other day, you know? So if you want to do your undergrad in astronomy or some kind of space related thing, and then you come into law school and then you talk about the legality of space travel and kind of, I don't even know what he, it it was a lot. (laughs) It was intense. It was really, really cool. But you know what I'm saying? Like that's, you should pursue what you're interested in because chances are you will be able to find that pocket or you create it for yourself in the legal field. So I think that's excellent advice. Totally. Yeah. And, and that's something I wish we had more of at, at U of T. I don't know what it's like at Windsor, but we do have this program called lawyers doing cool things, which is supposed to present like alternative career paths of lawyers doing, doing cool things. Um, but yeah. often the speakers are, are doing cool things in law, which is awesome. Okay. So for example, mm. like, like, you know, animal, animal rights law, which is cool and, okay. and probably outside of the, the norm of, you know, business law or what, whatnot. But, mm. you know, you hear it all the time, like, law is a great degree for anything. Like it just trains you how to think and, but then I'm like, where are the examples of that? Um, yes. So you kind of have to seek them out. It's great that like at Windsor, you're being shown them. Um, I know it's true. We, but yeah. Yeah. Like we just started the club because I feel like at Windsor, the focus is on if we're not learning about OCIs and this isn't a knock at Windsor. It sounds like it's pretty standard across all law schools. Um, OCIs is kind of the big push. So just more so like Bay street, big full yeah. service firms. And then Windsor has a secondary push of social justice careers, but mm. again, they're still in law. Right. So my buddy Jacob started the law alternatives group and then I'm VP outreach. So I was basically spamming every lawyer I could find. And we ended up getting, um, the superintendent of HR at the Catholic district uh, school board for Windsor. Oh, so wow. that's not traditional legal practice. We got a space consultant. We have a director at an insurance company and then we found an actress. <laughs> and so that's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I'm like, these, the, this is what people need to see because I'm, I, I feel the exact same way you hear about how law school and law degrees are just springboards to other careers, but then we never hear what those other careers are. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Right. I wish this club was mm-hmm. like available you know, I would like across, across Ontario or across the country. Cause it's, yeah, I, I would love it, to it hear cool. from these people. Yeah. I will send you the link for our panel next semester because I already have some people that I'm thinking about inviting and they look really cool. So I will send you the link if you want to attend. <laughs> Amazing. I would love to attend. Perfect. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on. It was so nice speaking with you today. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for having me. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today, as always. And make sure to tune in next week for Law School Life and Beyond's next episode of the Leadership Series.